creatures, beasts, and monsters. The three types of beings that roam my observable universe. The universe of Ibum, I be, I am. I welcome you to the infinite realm of the heart and mind, to look within it as far as you are able. A short break from reality as we know it. Grasp their threads connected to a grander web of mystery of life, both known and unknown to us. Believe in monsters, because the universe, both real and fictitious, owes no obligation to be fully understood by us. Believe in monsters because of how connected we are to the universe and its structure. So why wouldn't others share those same traits? Welcome to the story that takes us to many places like an unfamiliar cyberpunk Oz, falling into an apocalypse, an Ozpocalypse, if you will, and a steampunk wonderland that hasn't found its true wonder just yet, no dreams from Alice just yet. The rabbit hole for now has journeyed into the unknown of the nightmarish and the odd. And then there's the company of them stuck in the middle. I believe in monsters. I be, I am. And this is why. Chapter 1. Does Mother Always Know Best? Bigsby had lost track at how far he had traveled in this desperate escape. The unique craft he traveled in was an extension of himself, and was able to, to traverse many planes of existence. It served him well, as stealthy protection from the ravenous infinite dragon. Bigsby's ride had an aerotrain and steampunk-style design, a marvelous slim vessel colored black and blue. It was riddled with large pipes towards the end, as if it was an organ piano. Its name was Shepard. The engine was unlike any other and soothing to hear, but Bigsby's heart at this time felt cold and grim. Quite often, Shepard ended up being a home away from home to him, while nothing else but the cold, infinite void of space was left outside of it. There were no more stars here. Nothing at all was left in this part of the void, the once magnificent Cheshire Galaxy. Treading on thin ice, it wouldn't be much longer before Bigsby lost himself to the Jabberwock's madness. Over and over, this nightmare of a monster swarmed and consumed no matter what came to it. Its reaching seemed limitless. With a rapacious roar that never left Bixby's mind, while Bixby barely managed to stay a step ahead. He'd gone too far, though, to give up fighting. So, while luring the Jabberwock away out into dark space, 
Bigsby would wait hidden away to then later rebuild pieces at a time once he made his way back. And once he was within range, he warped back to a Macaulay lighthouse. The twinkles and embers of the galaxy, the very stars that once were and the life with it, weren't mere memories. They were stardust. Stardust were remnants of life in one of its simplest forms. And while the Jabberwock consumed and consumed, reviving these twinkles and embers became all that mattered to Bigsby. With what he saved, he carefully stored them along specially crafted and specially hidden lighthouses along the late galaxy's edges. The first of these embers he personally carried had begun to shine brighter than before as he addressed them. Sir Isa, wake up, my friend. This train won't go on forever. In Bigsby's language, males were addressed with Sir, while females were addressed with Madam. At least, that's what they were loosely translated to. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, Isa said softly in embarrassment. You have me at a disadvantage. You look familiar, but I don't recall much else about you. This soft orb of light before Bigsby was far from the eyes that he knew, but this was all that was needed to start again. Bellatrix laid the groundwork for him. The rest was on him for now. Under the circumstances, I can forgive that. Bigsby said this with a chuckle, struggling to smile. We're good, good friends after all. I'm sorry you aren't your usual self. My name is Bigsby. He caressed the orb in his hand. This is only a temporary handicap. You'll be in tip-top shape in no time as you continue to heal. Now, how are you feeling? Bigsby was a Cheshire, an alien species that resembled a mixture of cat and owl with jackal legs. Cheshire ranged in many colors. Bigsby had black fur with blue feathers and spots. He wore a jengaza, a hat worn by samurai. His peculiar white glasses had one lens that was circular while the other was square. He was dressed in a black cloak along his body. Bigsby, that name fits you. I don't feel right. How could I forget a friend? I I hate being this clueless. There was disorientation in his voice. This forgetful nature he was suffering from angered him too. This light of his Bigsby had stored, emanated from technology integrated into his arm and other cybernetic parts of his body. His eyes never left his friend, but the warm glow in his eyes dimmed with sadness. This may be the last time he can elude the Jabberwock. The line between them and the monsters would have to fade just a bit more. Bigsby continued with, Longer than these stars have shined, my friend. The Jabberwock is to blame for our troubles. It's a destroyer of worlds. And I refuse to let our long journey end by it. 
With his determination, he stretched out his arm to let the orb roam about. The Jabberwock? A touch of familiarity seasoned Isa's tone. It's gone away for now, off towards a new delicacy. The Andromeda Galaxy, or so it thinks. I... <clears throat> he choked briefly, coughing up a small cloud of shadows. It drifted over to Isa as if it was seeking him out. Swiftly, he reached out and grabbed the shadow. As he crushed it with the blue light he emitted from his hand, it hurt. Only when destroying it did he feel pain. So a deep worry fell over him. A similar concern he knew played his mother. But the question was, how far had hers progressed? That was his worry. He had been gone a long time. Perhaps she had conquered it. Nothing wrong with a little optimism, he thought. Bigsby wished to never lose his optimism nor confuse it with a fleeting fantasy. The best case and worst case scenario must be considered. Otherwise, without preparation, you have already lost. Bellatrix taught him that. Spreading out his arms, he constructed many threads of blue light together to form a large web. Across this web were many black patches. Focusing in on them, he could see many people and places. These were his most cherished chronicles, and keeping them close to memory gave him great fortitude. With a smile of reassurance, he surrounded himself in his blue light and meditated. <sighs> Bellatrix, we find a way or we make one. His looking glass portal had finally taken him to a very dark, rotating mass of two towers shaped like gauntlets. Like all the Macaulay lighthouses before it, it was made from light constructs, looking glass, and vorpal metal. In between them, at half its height, was another structure. It was a hat, reminiscent of the Mad Hatters of Wonderland. Like the lighthouse Bellatrix and her armada arrived at, this place had a similar environment. At the moment, it only lacked the light and dancing of the constellations. It needed more time and construction before it shared in those traits. Isa, still floating around Bigsby, had started to enhance its illumination just a bit, almost drawn to the lighthouse before them. Bigsby called Isa's light back to his cybernetic arm for safekeeping. What is that? questioned a weary Isa, not quite ready to be outside of Bigsby's care for too long. Before returning to the safe haven Bigsby's cybernetics housed, he responded with, This will slay the Jabberwock. When Bigsby was last here, the tunnel was barely complete, and the towers were not here. The construction had come so far. He only wished he had been there for it. He had been away in the void for many, many years, alone for the most part. It looked to be about the same size as Bellatrix's lighthouse. They were getting easier to build as far as the process went, often taking the shape the builder wished. A realm within the looking glass, 
and these superstructures bridge the gap between it and reality outside of it closer with each addition of light added to it. Shepard came to a stop close by the base of it, seeing Bellatrix tirelessly feeding light of her own into it. Shepard's glow separated as its form faded and returned to Bixby. He walked over, hugging Bellatrix. His fear had grown. Feeling the disturbance he had felt from the current condition Bellatrix was in, she matched his embrace, but it grew weak unintentionally very quickly. She didn't miss a beat in her offering to the lighthouse. So Bixby stepped back, already knowing what caused her alarming change in appearance. Her feathered arms were on either side of Bellatrix for comfort, as he then said, As happy as I am to see you again, your current condition concerns me. Dark scars were at the early stages along her face and body. Her voice reflected the toll, and her feathers were ruffled all over. When you live through what we have, it can't be avoided. She said this, placing her hand along his face. I have missed you too, dearly. You have returned and I want to celebrate. Her eyes lit up with a brighter blue than normal. Bixby believed that first statement to a degree, but he knew Bellatrix well enough. It went deeper than that. He decided for now to bring some more positivity to the conversation, hopefully to distract her from continuing. I'd like that. You know, it makes me think about the soul system in Orion's arm. I mean, we're royals. We have a deeper appreciation and knowledge, a deeper connection to it all. But these constellations here, some gone to the Jabberwock, others we can restore. I don't know all their names, but I would like to, just as you do. I'd like to celebrate them too. She staggered a bit a few seconds later as her legs buckled from fatigue. Too concerned with keeping a steady flow going towards the lighthouse. Catching herself before Bixby did, she panted as she answered with, My zeal, I know them well, and of course I'll teach you their names. So, what light do you return with? We can start with them. And some simple conversations, at least for a little bit. Bixby could hear it in her voice that she had been alone for quite some time. But why? Why isolate herself? Her body and mentality answered that for him. Where Shepard had been, the hex that traveled with Bixby had emerged from it. It floated over to the top of this lighthouse, giving away what light it could scrounge from the journey. The look of concern never left Bixby's face. It was now clear to him that there could be no good distraction to stop her as quickly as Bixby wished. I bring the last light of the Cheshire Galaxy for now. Constructing a blue web of light, he showed her visuals of Macaulay and other beings who suffered from similar situations Bellatrix was putting herself in, and that Bixby 
was just getting the start of. As old and wise she was, she still made mistakes like everyone else. She was not perfect. All the ones they saw in the web were ones they knew of. Some they had saved and others they could not. The first she noticed were Seal and Arcturus. Mother, he said sternly, you have taught the royals, you have taught me to never overexert ourselves unless absolutely necessary. But as often as you clearly have done, you'll bring yourself to dark places and become a part of the problem. I can't allow you to. We can try to involve this as, as a simple conversation, but I feel we've already passed that point. He only called her mother in very serious conversations. He truly considered her his mother and she was honored. Bellatrix turned abruptly, her eyes flaring, just as her body was. A switch had flipped internally within her. The scarring had widened and burned brighter than the rest of her. Uncontrollably, she shouted, No! I... Her brief change in tone vanished as her eyes met his. The realization hit her. She had blacked out in that instance. There was a time where Bigsby never knew her to lose her temper. Her patience seemed endless. There were building ups for so long while everything around them had repeatedly been crumbling. Who wouldn't be changed by that? In that short time, she had felt the Jabberwock's bellows and laughter scratching yet again at her subconscious. She paused, flexing her fingers. She felt her face in pain as the scars simmered but still smoked and hurt. Bellatrix continued her statement with, We are the solution, and that means being prepared for the Jabberwock and everything it throws at us. Every shred of light is needed. This is our last chance. The thought of Seal and Arcturus, the Artemis, the Yorlil, and countless others were recalled as she looked at the dimmed constellations here. The desperation in her voice had been heard and felt. Bixby had forgotten to breathe in those few seconds, shocked himself for how he was going to answer next. <sighs> then show me. Show me you haven't set foot in that dark place yet. Bixby reached out to his left side with a white crystal cylinder taking shape in his hand. The inside of it was a swirling blue solar flame. With a powerful yet subtle ignition, the wide base of the blue and golden saber bloomed. The rest of the three-foot saber divided into two thin beams zigzagged twice, with a white flame burning in the middle. We are overdue for our sparring. Do you have the strength to lift your Dawnblade? Bixby taunted. I know my strength more than you believe, Bixby. Her footing spread out, one arm was out towards Bixby. The other was up, barely touching the side of her face. 
Her hilt was a smaller, thicker zigzag design, with two small blue flames between the two of them. The blade was just like Bigsby's, excluding the flame in the middle being prominently blue with a white outline. And I have plenty to go around, she exclaimed proudly. Bigsby made the first move, leaping high over to her. From his blade flew two constructed clones of him. They got to her first. With a spiral slash, she swung up through them, locking blades with Bigsby. The sheer force had Bigsby's arms shaking. His Cheshire grin filled out his face, happy to see she wasn't bluffing. Happy to see something of her didn't change. Bellatrix propelled the two of them higher and higher. With his wings, he managed to flap himself over her. She twisted her body around, ready for any strike Bigsby would try to get away with. As she continued upward, she knocked away the two strikes over her. Gracefully, her feet touched down on the ceiling of this place. She stood along it like she would the ground below. Bigsby floated via his light not far below her, their eyes glowing a fiery passion. Bellatrix wanted Bigsby to make the next attack, so she slowly walked towards him to bait him. Bigsby felt honored she was letting him lead their dance of blades. They said nothing else to each other. Their fierce yet elegant dance was more than enough to compensate. And Bigsby was very impressed with Bellatrix. She remained upside down on the offensive, but by choice. While he remained in the air, flying around her like a hummingbird pollinating a flower. Each one of her blocks and parries were perfectly timed with his strikes as if they were hoisted. She didn't even use both her hands. But when it came to using a light construct of hers, it was broken and unstable. She tried to create a carnivorous flower twice their size put together, only meant to trap Bigsby within its maw, a plant he was very familiar with and had a slight uneasiness towards. It broke apart before it had even reached him, not without hearing a shrill yipe from Bixby first. With its blades out towards its remains, it consumed the light's remnants. Bixby examined his blade, and then hers. His didn't seem to suffer no ill effect, but he did notice some dark cracks beginning to form in her blade. She began to pant heavily. The blade should have refreshed her body, but it now looked more like it was draining her. It continued to glow while her body dimmed. His small enjoyment had vanished. Look at your blade, mother. Neither it or you are healthy. She said nothing. She simply walked towards him. Her pale light expanded outward from her head down. Her steps grew heavier, walking on all fours next, following the shape of her next construct. Its arms were the largest part of it, a long, heavily armored neck, with the lower part of its body coming from a gyrosphere. The synthetic creation of Origin was an ancient Artemis. From the gyrosphere, its lower half was completely made of Makali light and crystal. Able to alter its lower half as needed, the only one of its kind, 
Only the shape of her body was visible underneath this stuttering and cracked, pale creation. The edges of its entire body looked as if it was chipping away, with the cracks deeper and extremely dark there. This deranged cackling and laughter she heard before had reached deeper down. It rang out in her ears, dulling all senses but sight. Her sanity was taking a back seat to her madness. You're embarrassing yourself and you're dishonoring Sir Sill's memory. This has to end now. Bixby spun in place with the title-sized wave of light following him. Crashing down onto Bellatrix, she stopped it with her arms barriers holding it back. The second it hit, Bixby emerged from it with his blade digging in the construct of Sill, a mere few inches above Bellatrix's head. It shattered, with an even sicklier Bellatrix digging her teeth into Bixby's sword. Grabbing the sides of it next, Bixby couldn't budge it, not even able to call it away from her. She wanted him to get close enough for this. He couldn't see past the dark abyss that were now her eyes. The blade's flame was shrinking as it fed into Bellatrix's toothy, grinned mouth. Bixby's heart not only sank, but it felt like it stopped beating for a few seconds. All it took was a punch to the gut, followed with an unstable ball of plasma to knock the flabbergasted Bixby out of the air. It forced him down faster than they had originally come up with. The cushion Bigsby made a few mere seconds to the ground broke once the ball had exploded. He laid there, his vision blurred from the impact. His clothes were singed all around, even his prized Jingaza. That explosion was what did the damage, not the collision. He had survived much worse collisions and dusted them off, but with this... He couldn't feel any of his light in his body anymore. The hilt of his dawn blade landed a couple feet away from him. His body writhed in pain, with her landing atop him. He could feel a few of his ribs bruise and break, her talons and teeth longing to sink into his body. Bixby couldn't even yell. The air had been taken out of his lungs from both impacts. Grasping for air, Bixby tried to say something, anything, but couldn't. Bellatrix had put away her blade for this mouth-watering moment. Those jagged teeth stopped before they broke the skin of his chest. Bellatrix's body had been the dullest it had ever been in this moment, with her core not far behind. Dark. Dark. Place, the Cheshire said, with misty eyes and a raspy voice. Bixby confirmed the truth to her. With abhorrence, his mother had fell backward. It didn't feel real. The laughing faded as most of her senses returned. Quickly as possible, she called a hex to heal the pummeled Cheshire. Without a word, as Bixby was bathed in the hex's light, she lifted him up, just enough to kiss him on the forehead. Bellatrix then placed her hilt on his chest. 
she walked into the lighthouse and locked the door tight. Quite some time passed since then, and the madness of the Jabberwock and many other things had grown in a doleful way. A doleful way Bixby and Bellatrix had never seen before. It returned as new light grew. The new rebuilt galaxy before them was grand, but not quite as it was before, not nearly as bright, thanks to this dragon of infinite hunger. Despite all they learned and prepared for, the Jabberwock was more than ready as well. This metaphorically made the power and knowledge of what the royals knew a beat of sand along the shore. To be continued. As we all know, every relationship has its issues. And we can see clearly here, Bellatrix and Bixby have quite some issues to work out. But can they? With the Jabberwock's madness deeply in Bellatrix and slowly warming its way into Bixby, who knows what could happen? As the Jabberwock draws ever closer, their time is running out. So, there we have it. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to help support it by leaving a rating, subscribing, and, and sharing the podcast with others. That way, more people can see it. And if you leave a review on the show, you'll get a shout-out in our next episode. But, due to my podcast being available on not just on multiple platforms, but multiple countries, to ensure I see your rating, send me a copy either via email or preferably on Instagram or Facebook. Social media, my other plot podcasts like I Believe in Monsters podcast and AOK, YouTube, etc., etc., are linked below in the show notes. Special shout outs to Kai Engel for producing the lovely track, Illumination. And of course, Sergei Krismanov for Northern Lullaby for the intro and outro of this episode. Links to download and support those artists are also available in the description. So, until the wind hits our sails yet again, I will see you in the next escape. And until then, believe in monsters. I Believe in Monsters. Its story, characters, and narration are copyright 2019 by Nicholas Luck. All rights reserved.